He turned again, thinking humorously, little spinning fool, and saw something moving in the tunnel. How long the tunnel was, or what was at its end, fool did not know. He was forbidden to enter, as was everyone except the delegates and the successful sorrowful, who by that point were no longer the sorrowful, fool supposed, but more likely the gleeful or the joyous. It was long, though, he knew that, its illuminated length stretching as far as he could make out into the rock in a wide, arched corridor. There were no lamps in it that he could see, but it was bathed in light, nonetheless, a cold gleam that seemed to come from the walls themselves, and which cast no shadows. He went to the entrance, knowing that it would be some time yet before the delegates arrived, but also knowing that this was the point of it, this was the duty. He had to be there, honour guard and escort, from the moment they entered the tunnel, standing as an obedient servant, faithful as a dog. Little dog, he thought. Little fool dog. Looking up, he watched the clouds. Even at night they glowed, the gleaming white-blue of promise and hope. They were never still, the clouds, scudding and swirling, occasionally breaking to allow him glimpses of the other city beyond them. The shapes in the tunnel approached slowly, coalescing from the light as they came towards him. He watched them emerge, forming, imagining that cold blue light making itself into perfect, flawless, hard flesh, and flexed his toes and his thin boots. He was cold, the air settling into the folds of his clothes, puckering his skin and raising hairs across it. Fool waited and watched, and made out details, four of them, as ever, one in front, carving the air like the prow of a boat, and the others behind. One of the following, the one at the rear, was framed by arced patches of brightness that reached high above its head, moving, flexing wide to fill the tunnel. He sighed. They were almost here, their skin shining, bright and flawless. He had time for one last look up at the clouds, breaking again to reveal the city beyond and its white walls and myriad windows, showing the pillared glories of heaven. At the edges of his vision, lower than heaven, he saw the frayed and dirty light of hell. And then the angels reached the end of the tunnel and were with him. The first looked older than Fool, its skin lined with perfect wrinkles that folded up into themselves as it smiled at him and said, Hello. You are our escort, I take it. I am Adam. Adam was shorter than Fool, and bearded, and his eyes were a startling brilliant blue, like the air around the spires of distant heaven. As he emerged from the tunnel's mouth, he opened his arms widely as though to hug Fool, and his black robe swung around him in a way that reminded Fool of flowing water. His skin was so pale it was almost translucent, unmarked by the traceries of veins or the fleck of hair or pore. Fool stepped aside, looking down. Looking at Adam was like trying to stare at a candle flame without blinking, but even the ground glinted as though reflecting Adam's light. It made his eyes ache. 
Welcome to hell, sir, he said, feeling foolish. No matter how often he carried out escort duty, he'd never got used to the feelings of clumsiness and gracelessness that being next to these creatures raised in him. They were so beautiful, so graceful, a note of elegance in hell's lumpen flesh, and he never knew how to act, despite his official status, or what to say. Were these things even male? Was Sir correct? Or was there some other form of address he should know? He felt clumsy and uncoordinated in front of the angel, stolid and slow and heavy. "'Welcome,' asked Adam lightly. "'No, there is no welcome here, I would hope, but only the opposite, the knowledge of pain and suffering, and the distant chance of redemption.' "'Perhaps it means to insult us,' said a second voice.